subscribed do you <laughs> what's happiness because i obviously need to know oh. hey it's leon oh hey it's Henry. and it's sam welcome back to my podcast everything we know today about happiness oh. and today i'm with two tams icons so tams oh. is the high school program thingy i went to if you don't weird. know who i am <laughs> and I don't mean they're nothing. just the most intellectual philosophical Philosophical? People that I know and they're great. We're going to talk about happiness. Woo! Ooh, Aristotle, happiness. something about... Uh. Yeah, so recently, well, Leon said this a while, while back, but recently I read an article about happiness and Aristotle's take and how today a lot of it is about, oh, just like settle with your, with your pain or... A bit of a stoic attitude um, is usually, I think, what they address it as yeah and just dealing as opposed to transforming that pain and like very being intentionally happy and then Aristotle's take um from how I understood it please correct was that <sighs> to be happy it was a lot about being good and unlocking like your potential and then also there's a huge focus on your relationships oh uh, yeah yeah like the teleological perspective hang on I think you guys are totally correct and that happiness, from the Aristotelian perspective, is constantly working to get better. And I think if we take a psychological view of it, not just philosophical too, um, there's this concept in psychology where it's baseline. Um, we all have like this baseline level of happiness. And depending on, like, no matter what good things happen or bad things happen, we eventually like return to like this baseline. Um, and I think that's pretty interesting to... Can you move your baseline? No. Oh my god, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. Yeah, I they, I think they say that no, it's something that's like genetically inherited or something that like you can't really change. Basically, there's like, there's your psychological built-in, almost like biologically determined level of happiness. And some authors have written like, hello world, everybody on a scale of one to ten of happiness is about a seven. And if you get into a car crash, it'll go down to five for a couple months, and then it'll just come right back up to seven. And if you get married, it'll go up to nine, and then come right back down to seven. What about things like depression and, like, like, even those elongated states of sadness, you still have a baseline of happiness? I think to address it in that kind of context is a bit harder, because do we make the assumption that, ooh, it gets a bit sticky, I guess, right here. I would say that their baseline of happiness um, is lower. I think they get used to it. And I Mm. think what they're saying by this baseline is like your happiness, you get used to it. Or like your sadness, you get used to it. It's not saying that like you always return to that same level of happiness, if that makes sense. Because like if I, if someone won like a million dollars, like that's great. But the thing is then they get used to like being able to afford things for once. Does money buy happiness? Yeah. Are you, wait, are you asking that like seriously? Yeah. Next up. <laughs> Does money Leon, buy do you want to take that? No. Yes. <laughs> I think it does. I think it buys satisfaction, but I don't think it buys the existentially fulfilling sort of happiness that most of us end up looking for. But anyways, Sam, your thoughts? Well, I used to always say no just because I was, I, I just thought it would be better, like anti-greed, all of these things. Yeah. But I mean, it definitely opens up avenues of opportunity just like for life experience. Like skydiving costs like four hundred dollars. <laughs> Whoa! But at the same time, like I could very, like I very much do enjoy just like, like the experience of skydiving would be like a one once in a lifetime thing. I could totally just sit and be happy with like friends and not. But I guess, oh, I guess how I got there did require money, of course. 
I think a lack of money buys sadness, but maybe money doesn't buy happiness. But then you need money. Yeah. Like, by your logic, that's inherently, like, if no money buys sadness, then you need money to not buy sadness. Well, what I'm saying is this. Let's say we have, a, like, a like a normal income. You know, let's just put it at $60,000, because I've heard this number before. And some research in the past has possibly suggested that if you go far enough below $60,000, your happiness does, or your lack of happiness starts correlating to your decrease in income. But once yeah. you go sufficiently above this threshold, more money does not correlate to more happiness. So that was kind of the basis for me saying a lack of money will, will mm, make you mm, genuinely okay. worse off, but then like a bunch of extra money won't really do the trick for happiness. Mm. So it's more like an influence, but it's not a direct correlation per se, I guess. Causation. Because, cause, yeah, yeah, causation. Okay, got you. I agree. I did, okay, so, sorry, we kind of sidetracked, but I did want to talk about how because the, fr- the article is so fresh on my mind, but they had read it like three months ago. Because <laughs> I'm bad at replying. <laughs> but uh, it talked about how so Aristotle's view is like yeah, always striving for the best like your best potential self, which is also like your best moral self. Whereas like hedonism, like you're just living in pleasure, obviously, and so but you're still happy. And then the idea that people can really live in happiness by just like looking for their pleasures. So I guess I'm just gonna go for something here. Um, I think at that point is like, what do you value? Do you value a life full of like more physical pleasures, which would be like more along the lines of hedonism, um, or do you prefer something along the lines of morality or having a you know? It's like the Greek concept of like eudaimonia versus hedo- hedo- hedonia. Yes. Okay. So cool. But I think it's just sort of like at that point it's so arbitrary. Like, do you like are you gonna pursue a life of hedonism? Well, why not? Or why should you? You know, it's the choice at that point between like. Hmm choosing your well-being or like aristotle's best moral self versus like hedonism and all that but i feel like hedonism is so like selfish like selfish pleasures where i feel like there's like scientific evidence that like mutual benefit and like the relationships and like not like like full-on altruism but just doing selfless acts makes you happier than like very quick instant gratification things what makes it selfish why do you think it's selfish because I'm just not helping other people. I'm just doing what <laughs> makes me feel good. Like I could. Sorry, because this is just the. Yeah, yeah, no. This is just the um, example that comes to mind. But like, yeah. someone could like masturbate all the time, and that could make them like that could make them feel pleasure. But does that help anybody? You know, inherently? but the issue there is you by yourself are valuing this need to like. I'm not okay. I'm just saying this like as no, a no, no. advocate. I love it, but do um, it. it's just sort of like you're saying it's selfish because you're not helping others, and that's when you take these social bonds and you kind of like. Put your external pressure on those people like if we were just by ourselves seeking pleasure like mm. does that make sense because no, uh, the article also addressed this idea of even the lack of us not doing anything is wrong like we should feel guilty at the fact that we're always capable of doing like producing good for others or like just for the world but because we choose not to even if we're not doing anything bad is mm-hmm. wrong but i think it gets interesting there because it's sort of like what responsibility like how much responsibility do you owe to others like how much obligation do you have to people outside of you um and obviously yes i would like personally yeah i think you do owe some responsibility to the people around you but like how much Um, but also my thing is like i really think that bonds and relationships are where i think people draw happiness from the most yeah i agree I think you're right. What, <laughs> yeah, what you were saying reminds me of an article that I think most of us or all of us read a long time ago, which they, it talked about 
this guy who went and lived in the woods for a long time, and then he realized Henry that... Thoreau. Yeah. Right? Of course, this guy. Yeah. And Thoreau went and lived in the woods for a long time, and I guess one of his biggest conclusions from living in there was that isolation and being by yourself, even if you're doing the things that pleasure you the most, won't bring you real happiness. I know! Yeah. Because I think we're really built to be social creatures and yeah. participate in the society. And so he ended up saying, yeah, you can be in the woods for a while, but eventually you have to come back yeah. and participate in that which you... Yeah, I know because it's like I loved going to like shows through high school, but it kind of died down towards the end until college hit again. Like liberty, freedom, exploring my youth. Like uh, we just went so much more, and like shout out Charlie. Um, we would just go so often, and then there was one show that I wanted to go to. Go out to <laughs> go to Tank of the Mangas. For all you listening, <laughs> we can talk about it. Um, that I didn't really have anyone in particular to go to, but go with. But I was also like, I'm very okay going by myself, and I, like. Mm-hmm. I think most people would view me as, like, independent or, like, or, like, the people that meet me initially would view me as very, like, independent, like, not reclusive necessarily, but, you know, like, does their own thing. I, I don't know. But at the same time? Okay, whatever. Not about me. Um, but when I went to the show, like, it was so good. It was so interactive. And I was like, this is so great. Like, I'm having so much fun. And I was talking, like, to the crowd around me, like, because the people around me having a birthday, but obviously, like, they were so nice at talking and, like, we, we got to talking. We are enjoying the concert together, but at the same time, it felt... I enjoyed it, but I felt alone, and, like, I just knew I would have enjoyed it so much more had I gone with someone that I, like, mm-hmm. would have, like, just even gotten to talk about, or just kind of been, like, oh, we experienced this together. Yeah. Um, like, sharing your experiences. Which, I still remember, oh, shout out Ashlyn. So many <laughs> shout outs. How Ashlyn was saying that we were talking about, we had been talking about favorite moments in the past, and Ashlyn was saying, like, one of her favorite moments is realizing that you're having the same moment with someone else. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's a meta moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> meta. A meta <laughs> moment. Jeez. <laughs> That has to be a cool realization, though. I know. Yeah. Or, like, you both know, because her example was when you guys were in the woods. Yeah. Or in the... When we were open, like, going through the two trees, and we were like, oh, wow, like, uh, all of us had that moment together. Whoa. I didn't have the meta moment, but I totally had the moment, and now I'm having <laughs> the meta moment. <laughs> but I think crazy. that's very true. Like, sharing experiences with people that you care about, like... Mm-hmm. Oh, it almost takes whatever pleasure that you're experiencing and amplifies it by the number yeah. of other people who are experiencing it, too, you know? I agree with that. Because it's sort of like, not only is it just like me experiencing this, but like the people that I love and how I want to have ex- happy experiences are also experiencing this. And like, you get pleasure out of that. Mm. Well being. What's the difference between happiness and well being? Well, I think, well, this isn't what you're asking, but when I think of well being, I think of health. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, there's that clear definition. <laughs> no. Um, well, can you elaborate on well being? Not to sound silly. I feel like it's living a solid life and having a high standard of living maybe you have a car if you need a car uh, wow yeah let's define happiness I was about to say let's define happiness happiness is is it is happiness like if you do drugs and you're happy for a little bit or is it if you look on your life like in in the surrounding months and you think to myself or you think to yourself this is going great I know right people always say like don't strive to be happy like happy is just an emotion it's like and all emotions are temporary like it's but it's the not like it's not what you're feeling at the time um, so like stop saying i want to be happy like as though it's something to strive for because you are happy at some points and you are sad at some points and that's not true and i agree with that it's just like like my mom was saying this of a friend the other day because we met up i'm gonna leave that super ambiguous <laughs> <laughs> but she talked to me or we were talking in the car after and she's like sam is this person happy? 
because this person does not seem happy. And I was like, oh, what makes you say that? And I don't think this person is happy. Like, I genuinely don't think this person is happy. And although, like, he's definitely... Or she. It's a she. Clearly they. <laughs> they. <laughs> although they definitely laugh, like, around friends and they have, like, joyful moments or, like, just moments of, like, not thinking. Like, I think baseline they're not happy at that moment like i think there is a difference um or that like i would define happiness as this like the fleeting thing no i would define it as the non-fleeting thing ah, the bigger or like thing. The, the one that the the one that i want to talk about today is the bigger thing like the the contentment with your life or like where your mm. life is going not so much this idea of wow. like, little yeah. things that make me happy because yeah. the fleeting thing is not that hard you know like yeah. If you donate, you're happy for a little bit. Or yeah. if you hang out with friends or go on a hike. Uh-huh. It's not too hard to get, I don't think so. Or if you donate clothes while you're going on a hike with your friends. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> no, but legit, um, I think that's... It's a harder question. Um, it's a harder question. I don't think well-being has to include happiness. Hmm. I think those can be mutually exclusive. Um, because I think... Like, you, you brought this up, I think, during last semester, where you were like... You know, everything in my life is going around and all my agents are, like, satisfied and there's nothing else, like, really else to do, but, like, do you, I guess you want to, like, explain? <laughs> okay. <laughs> explain, because, like, I, I'm kind of messing it up. Well, I think what I was getting at was the concept of I'm, my well-being is high, but maybe I'm not quite satisfied. And so hmm. everything was going well, like, the internship lined up all right, school was going fine, I was hanging out with my friends, you know, doing whatever workouts I had to, yada, 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 eating right, great, well-being was great. But maybe what I was getting at is... There's more to the story, mm. but I don't know what's the more. Well, yeah. Well, I think to me, I feel like the contentment comes knowing that, like, either realizing that you're on the path, or just like, because oh, with satisfaction, I feel like people say this a lot, but like, it seems that as as humans are just like, like, they're, we'll never be satisfied. Like, we're always striving for satisfaction. Like, like we'll get to our goal. Then we'll like be make happy, we'll goal. plateau, and then we'll make another goal, and mm. like there's no real satisfaction. Because like I'd say with my life right now, like I'm satisfied of like of how it's been so far, but of course I don't want to like this Stop. isn't where I want to yeah. stay yeah. for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like now that I'm like 19, like oh I feel like a great 19 year old. Like okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it is about how. Are you, well, what's the what's the question of well? Like how do you ask like because you know how people are like are you happy? How do you ask like are you well being? Are you how's your well being? Hmm. Are you well off? Maybe something like that. Mm. No, because sure. Well off makes like I think monetary. Mm, Yeah, yeah. more monetary. Mm. Um, Mm. uh, Are you satisfied? Instead of maybe saying happy, use something that's more like are you content? Like you don't have to be happy to be content. Are you happy? Well, I mm, is this semantics? (laughs) Like yeah, very very much semantics. Yeah. Then (laughs) skip that. (laughs) (laughs) I think well being is more easily able to be measured. Like, you could maybe measure it in terms of how, maybe take some of the aspects of your life that you want to be going well, and you can measure, yeah, things like that, stability, security, all these things, and maybe health, obviously, one of them, and measure how well those things are going, and then if all the bars, like, hit the top, Mm -hmm. then great, your well-being is high. Oh, because, well, as opposed to, like, saying, do things for your happiness versus do things for your well-being. Yeah. Yeah, I, those... I can categorize those things differently. Yeah. If mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that. I just didn't know how to ask the well-being question. So how are we supposed to chase this happiness thing? I mean, this satisfaction thing. The bigger one. Are we supposed to chase it? Like, is that something we... I think, think so. For it? I feel like... like back, again, back to the, like, hedonistic, like... Mm-hmm. It all just seems so, like, 
if you don't have something that's like constant, like if you're really just searching these like immediate things, I feel like it's so you become so reliant on, you know, external things. Yeah, I mean external things too. I don't know. Is there a form of hedonism where it's instant gratification sort of thing? Yeah. Yes. 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 Or as I think, like I'm trying to think of why I'm happy right now. (laughs) Because like there there have definitely like, this is really cool. So glad I went. (laughs) (laughs) But junior year, I was like not happy. Like. Wow, yeah, me neither. Like, it was pop- yeah, Everything we know about you- sadness? <laughs> no, wait, wait. Another podcast, another podcast. <laughs> but right now, I'm, like, I have no idea what I'm going to be when I grow up. Well, no, not no idea, but, like, I know that, like, I feel more committed. I feel more... Oh, something that has definitely been making me happier this summer and lately is being intentional with things. Like, this idea of choice. I think, like, choosing and then, like, following through, that's what makes me happy. That's how I chase happiness. Mm. But that's how I happiness achieve happiness. Both. Both? Yeah. I do think Anne-Marie had one point, though. I think, um, well, I read half a book once, and it was called The Road to Character. It was by this <laughs> New York Times columnist, columnist called David <laughs> Brooks. And he, what he, what he kind of said was, maybe it doesn't make sense to actually sit down and say, you know what, I want to be satisfied, so I'm going to do these things. Instead, he was saying it, it might be a better idea to find out what you ought to do Maybe not what you want to do, and then do what you feel that you should, and then once you do that, you'll the satisfaction will just like ought to do morally or what? Yeah, morally, virtuously, all those types of things. What do I ought to do? Like maybe not even morally, but some sort of calling. Like wow, I feel like I really should be teaching children. And then bam, it just happens. And then what? One day you wake up and you're like, you know what? I'm so satisfied, and that's just gonna happen alongside the main like. Because we're young adults and in college, do you guys think that your happiness is correlated with, like, having a set career goal and, like, kind of knowing, like, where your future is going and that kind of thing? Like, the security of... Really, the security of knowing, but... No! I would say no. Not at all. Um, really? Because I feel like before, my depend- my happiness depended on that a lot. Well, like, first and foremost, it was, like, the- like it was always social, like... Yeah. But second... Or, second or third... Parent approval. It's probably second. Um, or it's just like, seems to get me done. Um, anyways. Or get me happy. <laughs> or get me up. Um, but I would stress so much and overthink about like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to contribute to the world. And that would make me really sad. And I would feel happy knowing that like, people would be like, oh, it's going to be all right. Like, no matter what, you're going to end up, you know what I mean? And like, whatever you end up doing, you'll impact somebody. Like, it's inevitable. And that made me feel like, safer. But I definitely think it affects my happiness. Why don't you think it affects your happiness? Because I feel like you guys know. <laughs> it's the world. No, we don't know. We, we don't so know at don't all. Know. <laughs> we only think we know. Uh, we do a very good job of pretending. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Everything we think we know about happiness. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I think about like my well-being and all that stuff, I think it's... Uh, like My career is obviously very important, but... Like Tim Crater says in his book, We Learn Nothing. <laughs> plug. <laughs> plug. Interesting plug. Um, he says this really interesting quote, like, no matter how much, like, stuff we have going on, like, car bills or, like, car repairs, taxes, you know, house bills, um, it's all just kind of noise when you compare it to what's really important in life, which is hanging out with the people that you love. He said it, like, a lot more intellectually and, like, smoother than I did. Mm-hmm. But I think he captured the essence of, like, what I've been trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> past two years of, like, being pressured, not even just being pressured, like, self-pressure and, like, all that stuff, um, of, like, 
finding a stable job, um, finding the job that, like, well, for sure, you know, like, instead of being a novelist, you know, when I, like, that's what I wanted to be, like, freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, Why don't you still want to be a novelist? You'd be such a good novelist. (laughs) You'd still be a novelist. I can, but that's not, like, it wasn't a serious career consideration for me anymore because of my parents. Um, And not just because of my parents, but also because of, like, what other people saw me. Like, whenever people would see me, they'd be like, ah, you're gonna be a doctor, right? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) totally. Um, And it's always funny, because they're like, you're gonna cure cancer, right? And I'm like, yeah. Ooh, totally. I feel that. Like this yeah. is okay, okay. Yeah, like the 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 stereotype that you're going to be a doctor and cure cancer unless you get hit by a truck. I've been told that Everything a lot. we know about the Asian stereotype. <laughs> I know even stereotype. It was more so the the idea of like you have to leave a legacy. Like you, yeah, have, you to have to change to. the world. Yeah, like not, not because I'm Asian or just because like that was pressure that I put upon myself and also just like Yeah. Well, I don't want to die and like nobody knows me. <laughs> all right, all we know about death. <laughs> uh but I think it's just sort of, like, for me, like, having, like, I found something that I'm, like, really happy at. And, yeah, maybe it does conform to society's, like, pressures a little. Like, it's a it's mm. a STEM field. Mm. Um, but it's something that I actually genuinely enjoy for once. Instead of, like, forcing myself to do biology or, like, uh, to do, like, chemistry or something like that. Um, maybe I was just lucky to have something that coincided, I guess. But I still, like, want to write and all that. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this. You can probably, like cut out all of that. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you think planning for the future makes you less happy about your present or more happy? Not gonna lie, I think about my future and I'm like, I'm gonna get a 9 to 5, I'm gonna work for 40 years of my life, and then I'm gonna retire, and then I'm gonna, like, waste away, and then I'm gonna die. So, like, no, it's not a great Jeez. feeling. <laughs> but, also, also in the future, even though it is, like, very, like, I feel like it's so step by step, and it's so, like, already planned out, just because, you know, like, that's how life goes, it sucks. But I also think in the future there's a lot of, like... But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't way. have to be. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be. But I also think, like, there's a lot of good parts to the future, too. I'm Not to be a pessimist. No, no. But, <laughs> no you're fine. You're fine. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good parts to, like, the future, too. It's not just, like, a story that you already know by heart. You can definitely, like... There's a lot of new experiences, new people to meet, and a lot of, like, really good things about the future that I think people should, like, wait for. You know, like, look mm-hmm. forward to. It's almost like the general plot of your story is kind of sort of half there, but you get to fill in all the characters and all the small things, and you can even add a twist at the end if you want. Maybe not, not at the not end. Not too big of a twist. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically, it's like a trope, and it's just sort of like, oh god, this trope. But then it's also sort of like, it's not just a trope, it's these characters. Well, why does my trope like, have to be the typical trope? Why can't my trope be the, oh my god, trope. she's the first person that <laughs> flew across the sea or whatever. <laughs> It doesn't have to be a typical trope, but it's still a trope in some way. It can be a trope. It doesn't have to be. Sorry. I have to make it so... I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. I feel like thinking about my career doesn't make me more happy or less happy. It's just kind of there in the future, you know? Hmm. I think my my happiness slash satisfaction, which is the one I think we want to focus on, okay. for me is measured more in like how I have been spending my time recently. Because I think that's the thing that I have the most control over. And when I think about my future, it seems like this distant thing that a lot of things can get in the way of and a lot of things are going to influence it you know and it kind of just happens eventually um but how i'm how i've been spending my time i have so much control and so how do you spend your time that makes you happy well there's a whole list of things there's a literal <laughs> list of things yeah it's a whole list of things yeah but what i also that? think that's hard that's for another podcast wait everything we know on how to spend our time <laughs> well i know what? Well, there's a bunch of... I think the you first thing... I'm sorry. I'm, like, prying, but I am interested. Yeah. Um, I think 
the most important thing for me is just trying to act ethically and doing the doing the ethical thing. And um, after that is from the article, the Aristotelian article, cultivating certain virtues that I think are really important. And so like being a more courageous person or being a more honest person or being a more whatever, you know, uh -huh, like frugal uh -huh. or yada, yada, yada. And then uh, the last one is just doing a bunch of stuff that I personally find fun, like learning. That's pretty much one of my favorite things. It, like, this idea of crafting yourself, and therefore knowing yourself, and therefore loving yourself more, it's all happy. So happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> I agree. Like, that, I mean, that's yeah. a great way to look at it. I, I, like, even though the idea of, like, career choice is still so daunting, it is so true that Oh, I keep talking about it. I have talked about it in the past, like, two podcasts that you're, like, religiously following. But one day, I will record this podcast about everything we know um, about love. But there's this article, uh, or not article, um, it is an article, that my friend Christine, shout out, um, <laughs> read. And basically, the point is, like, make every day matter. And you could be doing the same thing that you were doing, but, like, recognize that it matters and make it matter. Um, and I think after she read that to me, and then after I really processed what that meant for me, over the summer, like, even if I, I, if I wasn't, it wasn't the summer that I wanted going into the summer, but it became like the best summer ever because of like, I mean, just perspective shift and then, and not, not necessarily settling, but really recognizing that like, oh my God, the things in front of you are beautiful, like that kind of thing. I know it sounds like cheese, but whatever, because it's true. <laughs> like again, like not understanding unless you've experienced. I'm not trying to say people are lesser. I'm lesser. I'm just wait, wait. <laughs> I totally think you're right, though. I think we have a certain degree of control over what makes us happy, and we can be thrust into situations that maybe we don't think initially will make us happy, but after a while, we we can kind of... This sounds kind of bad, but we can kind of convince ourselves that we are happy in this situation, mm -hmm. and then fake it till you make it, kind of, and then actually become happy in the situation. I actually... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's extremely true. I definitely... I made, I made the choice to stay, obviously, at UT, right? I hated it. Let me just say, like, that first semester was terrible. Um, it was rough vicariously. Yeah. Sorry about that, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got the front of that. But <laughs> Empathy. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I decided, obviously, right, then I'm like, I'm going to transfer to UT. I'm just going to, like, go somewhere new. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to get over it. But then I stayed the spring semester, and I was like, I think I, like, relearned how to like UNT without being at TANS. And I think it's really interesting, like, a lot of it's time, I think, for sure, because I just, like, would wander around campus and I'd be, like, hit with all these memories of, like, oh, we did acro yoga here. Or, like, I remember when Sarah dropped her eggs on these sidewalks. And it's just, like, Aww. it's just, like, all these memories, like, whether good or bad, it's just, like, it's weird to be in a place without the people you've made those memories with. Mm. Um, and I think a big part of that was, like, I didn't want to make new memories. But having that spring semester, like, actually talking to people, <laughs> that might have helped. I'm actually talking to people, making new memories in the, like, in the same spots that I had memories already. Like, I think that really helped happiness-wise. Yeah. Well, um, it's been a while, so I don't remember it completely, but I was listening to a Hidden Brain about... Hidden Brain is a podcast. Sure Plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, sponsor me. <laughs> no, but they, they were talking about how between, like, if you had two choices and you were like iffy about it and blah, blah, blah. You, like your brain will like after you've made the choice and then like have lived with it your brain will convince yourself that it was the better choice regardless because it was the choice you made Whoa. Um, and not that's to say that spooky. not to say not no, to no, like spooky. undermine like, no, but that's true that's yeah. true though like i think i definitely have might have fake convinced myself but i definitely feel like yeah unity has ended up being a good choice for me yeah and um, because it's where like it's where like 
it's better to Oh, maybe, it's maybe not kind of like yeah, it's not kind of really it scary, is, scary. Like, like we could genuinely feel that we made the right choice even you though know, in, in some reality I don't know which reality I don't but know like if it was, we didn't I don't yeah. know well the thing is like I don't know if it's the right choice but it's a choice that like I've come to terms with um, and I'm not saying that like oh yeah super glad I made this choice but no I'm no longer like wow I'm such a dumb like oh, why yeah. did I do this you know like I'm much more like hey the choice is made I'm making the best out yeah. of Yeah. Just so. ownership of, like, where you are right now and then just making the best. Like, really yeah. just, like, not sulking because of, like, what could have been or what might be. Yeah. Like, the really word ownership. Know. The word ownership is really good. Yeah. That author that Anne-Marie was mentioning, Tim Kreider, refers to happiness and satisfaction kind of as a... Um, as an astronomical phenomenon called... I forgot what it's called, but, like, the averted vision. Okay. I think that's what it is. Oh, yeah. I think so. When you look at a very, very faint star in the night sky, very far away, if you look directly at it, you won't be able to see it. Mm-hmm. But if you shift your gaze ever so slightly away from the star, then you can see it in your peripheral vision. And what he what he says is he likens that to happiness and satisfaction. That if you really try to go for it directly... You you're going to miss it. You're like. going to miss it. You won't find it. But if you kind of go for something else and mm-hmm. don't really pay too much attention to, to how the satisfaction is mm-hmm. coming along, then it has a greater chance maybe, mm-hmm. of, of coming along. My question, hmm. like a, a byproduct, like is there like why yeah. overthink? Okay, yeah, yeah, like why? Why is it when we aim for happiness that we don't per se always mm. achieve it instead of like aiming for something outside of it? You know, like why can't we just theoretically just go for the star? You know? Wow, I don't, do I agree with that? I'm wondering if I agree with that because I do think I, I agree that okay when you overthink, like poison. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I do think that. Maybe it's not so much, like, going for the happiness, but deciding, like, I'm going to be happy in this moment and not and not overthink. <laughs> so, I don't know. Is it a, like a paradox? I think maybe deciding to be happy in the moment is a total thing that you can maybe aim for directly, like controlling your emotions. Mm. But maybe controlling your life satisfaction is a little bit more difficult and something that might be better achieved by going for something else. I think, I think it'd be opposite, wouldn't it? Actually... Because I feel like controlling your emotions in a moment is so hard to do. It's just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like that's hard. Um, but then also, like, life satisfaction. I I don't think you can just be like, if I look away from it, I'll achieve it. I think it's sort of like, you do have to be, a, I think, a bit more intentional about that kind of stuff. Like, making sure... Intention. Like, intention. Yeah, intentions, I think. Intentions and carrying it out, too. Not just straight yeah. up intentions. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um. No, I... Oh, I don't know if this is going to come across as, like, a like a humble rag. I don't know. Go for I, it. I mean, Go um... There was, like, a thing on Twitter, and then Barbie did a thing about it. Um, I don't know. Barbie vlogs, apparently. Huh. Like, what? the doll. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> and basically, I was thinking about it because I wanted to bring it up anyway, but now that you're saying it, because of the whole intention and, like, carrying it out, she was saying that, like, oh, we're so used to saying sorry, like, our society. Well, she's addressing it to girls. I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I know! So she vlogs, bro! Yeah, well, <laughs> I remember this, actually. Yeah. But anyway, she was saying that, like, why are we so prone to saying sorry? Why can't we, like... As though, like, we're apologizing for ourselves. Like, yeah. we're apologizing just for, like, who we are when, like, it's nothing to apologize. It's, it's they're natural things that are happening. Mm-hmm. And then, like... Like, bumping into somebody. In addition, somebody was saying about, like, either she read it in an article. I don't know. But I saw it through a tweet. Like, why do we always say sorry? Instead, why don't we say thank you for, for stuff? I guess, I think we were talking about this. Yeah. 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 Dude, and yes. <laughs> I... Well, I still say sorry because I feel like sometimes sorries are necessary. Sorry, like, are I'm not going to glaze over, like... um, But I think lately, I think I've really... Well, like, sorry friend. for waiting on me or something. Yeah, like I've been yeah. really trying to be like, instead of 
Oh, I, uh, I don't know how to say it without saying my examples. Which just, is, do so, just do I, it. Just do it. So this person, um, <laughs> that was not I, <laughs> was like, um, instead of saying like, oh, sorry for being an inconvenience, like, oh, thank you for being such an understanding person. And I think like little things like that have made me realize like, I feel like those really go a long way because like you're acknowledging like, not you're not acknowledging yourself anymore. Like, you're acknowledging like yeah. you're not acknowledging like the the downs of you, but the ups of the other person. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think it's so like. I think that it has made me happy. Like, has made me happier just, like, with life and, like, with love also. But just, yeah. like, I mean, gratitude in general. Because, um, like, recognizing, like, oh, my God, the people around you are pretty cool. Oh, they're, they're, I want to say this concisely, and I never can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're stop right now. <laughs> no. So. What are you thinking? Yeah, I don't know what to, how I feel about acknowledging other people's ups instead of your downs i guess one possible totally yeah that would be a that'd be a cool thing i do totally agree with you though that sometimes like you screwed up you have to say sorry <laughs> yeah. totally runs a red light gets into a car crash steps out are you okay okay thank you for being so like thank you for being so okay. <laughs> yeah i'm glad this worked out <laughs> although if you're in a car crash and you're not you. sure if you did the wrong thing don't say sorry because they're gonna use it in court Wait, what? Because <laughs> it's, oh, an, a, it's an admission of a fault. Like, sorry is an admission of fault, which applies to everything. Yes. Which is good. It's humbling, but also, like, maybe the fault isn't your personality, but your actions and recognizing that. Mm. Um, but then are your actions or comments on who you are? <laughs> yes, that is also true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oof. And I think that's... I'm going to no, go, go to a different aspect of that instead of, like, the sorry... Um, I think definitely like appreciating people um instead of just like being sad i there's this i had this one friend who was like leaving for another state and she was never never gonna see her again so that's okay um but essentially that's like <laughs> yeah i was <laughs> no, no, no but um it was like a work friend so i was like i didn't really have any means to keep in touch really with her um yeah it's weird anyways I was like, I was like, I can either be really sad about this, about the fact that like I really love this person and I'm never gonna see them again, or I can just be like, really happy that I've had the time that I've had with them yeah. and all that. And I think when I was going through that, I was like, why am I, why am I gonna be sad? Like I'm gonna be sad enough to like, to show her that like, hey, like I appreciate our friendship and I'm like, I am gonna miss you because like people like to know that they're gonna be missed. Um, but I'm also not gonna like, drag down the rest of our time together mm-hmm. by being sad. And instead, I'm gonna show you like this time we've had together means a lot to me and I'm going to remember it and I'm going to cherish our memories even if like you're not around anymore like you're still going to be like jeez jeez real quick in my heart you know (laughs) glass half full I love it yeah that's very glass half full yeah and it's just sort of like I I do that with other like I like to do that with other people around me because like maybe we don't talk as much anymore but like our memories they're freaking good and Mm -hmm. when we do talk like it's always a good thing it's like I'm no longer like I'm sorry that like we haven't really kept in touch or like I'm sorry that I missed your mm-hmm. call or like that kind of stuff like but why taint those past yeah like, pure happy memories with something that, like that's the now that just like had to happen yeah exactly yeah hmm. and I think yeah like you said earlier that really does affect your happiness because uh, I also I think it's like a speech of you know how uh, we all I think we also talked about this but using the word I less Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah. saying, like, you more, or, like, them or they or the world. I don't know. Um, Phrasing it in less of a narrative sense, mm-hmm. I guess. I, oh, it's, I don't know. Oh, I was, I, <laughs> it's going to be a cringe saying this, but I do think being selfless makes you happier. Or, like, 
Why would they make you cringe? Because I'm always sound self-righteous. Oh, she just <laughs> cringed <laughs> so hard. I know. <laughs> I don't think it's a self-righteous thing. I think it's a very, like, understandable thing. It's a selfless thing. thing. Sorry, you're happy right <laughs> <laughs> Unhealthy. No. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking that we could say any more closing thoughts you have, and then we could end talking about our last memory that made us pretty happy. Ooh. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay, how would you like that? closing thoughts? No. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't it. <laughs> I think a big, an interesting philosophy I picked up from a recent friend um, during my summer classes is he has a very, like, so what? No, this was actually, no, this was way before him, actually. This was Leon. Um, this <laughs> friend that I just made. <laughs> just made Sorry, uh, Leon sent me a, a picture of the, from Nikita once. It's like a, Shout a out paragraph Nikita. on Nikita. <laughs> yeah, uh, it had a paragraph on so what, like this attitude of like so what, and then it is like your parents left you at birth. So what? <laughs> but the point is, the point is, is like. Why do we hold on to these things that we cannot change? Like, mm. I cannot change the fact that, like, mm. yeah, I was, like, left at a train station. And it's funny as a joke, but, like, it doesn't bother. It's so funny as a joke. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, but it doesn't think so. <laughs> it's funny to me. No, but I like this idea of, really, you can't change it. Yeah, so, like, why are you still struggling with it? Mm. Um, I mean, there are some things that are very valid to be struggling with, but I think things that you... Things like that, like, things that I personally look back on, and I'm like this has like bothered me so much for so long but like now so what like what matters isn't that event anymore but how it's impacted me and how my like actions now like um so so what that this happened it matters but i've acknowledged that it matters and now i'm gonna let it go um and i think that's helped a lot huh just let it go (laughs) i totally i totally agree that was very close to along the lines of what i was gonna say as a closing thought Hmm. that i think this satisfaction and avoiding unnecessary stress and pain and all that kind of involves a balance between this this uh, like astute recognition of what you can't control and letting go of that and then picking what you can control and being really really deliberate and intentional about it mm-hmm. yeah. intention was my closing thought just the idea of like being intentional about how you choose to live like really how you choose to live your life and also being intentional I, I mean, I don't know if this is a closing thought, more so, more so, like, this is really just a new idea, but all, along with being intentional, um, like, really trying to make bonds with people, like, all the social stuff we talked about, like, I know there would be times where, like, people would be like, oh, what's your name, and it's like, just, I mean, I don't, I don't trash on small talk, just really caring about this person, because this person's a person, and being selfless, <laughs> do that, <laughs> um, yeah, just implementation, really. Yeah. So, quickly, happy memory. Ooh. Well, I was cruising around South Lake today, and I bumped into this really famous podcaster, and she was like, hey, do you want to make a podcast? And that just blew my mind, and I was super happy. That's why. I'm now cringing half like. This is me. He's talking about me. Just FYI. Yeah, yeah Sam. <laughs> Sing, bread, bread and buddies. It's good. But I, oh, I was gonna say this, but now it sounds lame that I'm gonna say this. <laughs> but I also, 
I do want to say another moment because this the comfort is just so happy and like the comfort mixed with this idea of like I know these people are helping me grow oh the best of ingredients perfect bread perfect. <laughs> bread and butter yeah. um, another memory that I, I'm thinking of right now is we went to um, karaoke for my friend Rebecca's 19th birthday whoa whoa sorry um and my friend Devin was there and then um my a couple old classmates from like elementary and then a couple of her friends like Rebecca's other friends from high school and we were like singing karaoke and it was just so like wholesome happy and like I kept thinking like I want a job that gives me the same exhilaration that I'm feeling right now of just like happiness and wanting to be here forever and Colorado was fun because <laughs> um, I fear that I'm gonna get flamed if I don't say that. Okay, <laughs> well, thank y'all for doing this. <laughs> wow, thank you. Yeah, thank you indeed, dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Bye. Thanks for listening. Um, be happy. Be happy. Let's happy. talk about it. Tell me what makes you happy, or just tell tell other oh. people that they make you happy and why they make you happy. Um. Okay, bye. <laughs>